0: Your discretion is advised.
1: We value every relationship, not just the nuclear. When we back each other, we're all in. If more of our people could harness that, we'd be unstoppable.
2: Mandate.
0: Welcome to Mandate, where we navigate fresh perspectives and nothing is off the table. Tonight's guest is from Tāmiki Makauru, Okilani, she is renowned for her tenacity and also her prowess on the Nepal court she's a former professional netballer uh, who was also the captain of the championship team uh, uh, 2023 this year for the northern mystics and also helped uh, them to, to victory in 2021 she's also the recipient of the dame lois moore award in 2021 but also was the new zealand under 21 captain and for many years has been an instrumental and intricate part of the Silver Friends outfit for New Zealand Uh, but also she's also handy with another ball the oval ball, the rugby ball yes she is a former professional rugby player who represented the cradle of Polynesia the sacred centre 685 baby yes Sa Moa at the 2015 uh, Women's 7 Series Uh, but also she's most importantly she is uh, a wahine toa who wears her model with pride and passion also is an amazing mother and wife Please put your hands together for the outstanding Sulu Fitzpatrick.
1: Oh, thank you. I thought you were going to say candy of some other wolf I'm glad you said
2: overwolf <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome, 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 Sulu. Hands, Sulu. It is a privilege, privilege to have you tonight and um, honour to have you tonight as one of one of our, our Wahine tours as well. And so, just to start the ball rolling, um, Sulu. Uh, I know you just recently retired, and so what's uh, what's it be like in terms of retirement it really in its early stages but also secondly is there anything in the pipelines um that you're able to tell us uh, that's that's that may be brewing for you uh, and since leaving professional um sports
1: oh, thank you um i've probably i probably had the earliest retirement announcement ever I accidentally <laughs> announced it last year on mother's day um probably 18 months out before even retiring. So um, I've had a lot of time to, I guess, prepare for it. Um, and in the last few months, I guess, leading into the um, finals for Mystics and then also the uh, World Cup, um, it just sat right, I just knew. Um, and so you got to know when it's your time. Um, my body was telling me, but also my mind. I wasn't... Um, Uh, I understood that it's time to make way for the next girls coming through Um, but also for me I wasn't um, prepared to keep going um, and spending more time away from the kids so um, I really want to be mum and I want to put that first for a while Um, and so it was really nice to go out on top with the mystics um, and looking forward to seeing um, where the next chapter
0: takes us. Cool. And is there anything in the pipelines that, that you may be working on at, at the moment or anything that you're able to, to, to share with us?
1: I, I'm currently um, trying my best to do my Masters, so I'm doing that at the moment, um, Sociology, and uh, I'll start my first day at work tomorrow, which I am quite <laughs> nervous about. Um, I've got to get my timing right, get the kids to school and then um, get Mum to work. Um, so I'm quite nervous about that. I'm going to be at a high-performance sport um, so looking forward to that induction and being a new kid on the block again. Oh,
0: man, I love it, my whole.
3: Oh, and what what what's the new role there? Uh,
1: it's performance team leader, so I'll get to work, I guess, from the outside to work with um, different NSOs, different sporting organisations. Um, it's probably a space where I have more passion. Uh, I'm not the most natural athlete. I've said this my whole career. I've just stumbled my way through the years. Um, but that's where my passion is, um, on the uh, in the organisational space. Um, and I guess in the institutional space to really i guess have a hand in how um organizations are run uh, the cultural space um and how they look after the athletes um to perform not just on the court or field but also off it so really passionate about it um i can't wait to see how it goes
3: yeah wow That's cool. is that
2: something that um that passion has come through your own experience um, in sport? Or is that something that's come, uh, when you thought about retirement and what comes next, it kind of just developed organically over that time?
1: Uh, Probably, um, I guess, being a Samoan and a Pacific Islander, um, understanding uh, or seeing things from a collective uh, point of view. um, Whereas sport, and especially professional sports, often quite like individual. Um, And so I always had a passion for culture, team culture, uh, but also how an organisation is run and I've been in a few teams and so I know when things are not good and I uh, also know when things are on the money and you can just feel it. Um, And so massive passion with people. and I actually quite like not having to doing the run, uh, not having to do the running around, <laughs> but to <so> watch <laughs> it and to be part of the outside um, to support the athletes um, to be their best.
3: Cool. Yeah. What would you say? Because um, as you go into that space, I love what you've just said that um, you uh, love the whole team aspect of it. You um, know what it takes for a team to be at the high performing. What, are, what just from your own experience? Because you've been in these high performance teams what makes a high performance team like what's the ingredients of that um Mm. that you've picked up um, you know over the years that you're now going to translate into this role because that's man that's and if if you're hearing this tonight (laughs) this is like gold oh sugar
1: well (laughs) don't don't quote me on this but probably from personal experience um uh, number one is the values, um, or whatever you want to call it, values, standards, um, what you agree to as a collective, that's from top down. Like That's management, maybe board, if you have a board, um, right through to the team, the on-court team. Um, and that has to be really clean, transparent, and uh, understood by everyone, and everyone needs to buy in. That's number one. I've been in both, I've experienced both, where, and you can feel it when... Um, you Know when decisions or it's in one context something's happening and then another it's different, and that starts to eat away at uh, people, you know, different groups where you start questioning. Um, when whereas when it's um, you hold fast to your values and um, what you agree to, the trust is built, you have those invisible threads, connections, um, everyone knows their role, and mm. you can feel it right through. Whatever space you're in, everyone adds value, everyone has a space um, and knows what their job is. They don't, um, they trust you to do your job but also there to support if you need. Um, probably another one is the buy-in. Um, you got to know that everyone is all in and that they trust, um, trust the vision and direction that um, the team or the individual, because I think it uh, works in individual sports as well. Uh, but you got to have that buy-in. It's nothing worse than, like, if you're on the line and your mate next to you isn't on the same page or they're not going to, like, if it really comes, push comes to shove, you don't want someone that's going to leave you hanging. Or, <laughs> no. or even if, like, they say, media's hitting you hard, you don't want a CEO that's not going to have your back or you don't want to have people that can leave you out to dry. So... Um, those two are probably big ones for me and then culture is big but it's a feel thing um I think you can feel like I, I could imagine I've never been to Crusaders but I could imagine if you walk into the Crusaders environment mm. you'd feel it yeah it's something you can't um, and that's probably uh, um, comes as well with our culture you feel things that that's a really important part of us the spiritual side um, and that emotional side that you can't measure it but you can feel it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Sounds like to me, you've got real, um, you've got such a strong intuition um, because you keep saying the word feel. You need to feel it. Um, And so it sounds like to me, from a high performance um, team perspective, one, all those dynamics around vision, value, really important, but so is the people stuff. I also like what you've just said around not just the CEO has a responsibility or the board, but even it needs to trickle down to the ground. Mm. Um, And so it does take, it does take, would you say it takes a good leader to be able to um sort of spread that through the team
1: yeah d- definitely leadership like is massive part um you want someone that um people want to follow uh, but also um uh the style that i probably prefer or um that i really look up to is servant leadership mm. people that um allow everyone to have a leadership role and everyone to have value um, that is willing to follow if needed and understands that um, they don't know everything um, and they're maybe an expert in one space but may know nothing about another but really comfortable in that and not feeling like it's... um, don't, not feeling defensive about that they're not so good at something, but allowing and trusting that people can do their roles. Um, and when that's done really well, like it's unstoppable. Because yeah. when you have a collective of leaders or a collective of people that know their strengths and values, you can't stop that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that like like people like Valerie, the team that she had around her, they just knew um, what she had, but also she trusted them to do their roles. You see it at like City Kickboxing, you see that they all trust each other. They know their roles. They know their place, um, and then you saw it with our silver um, friends in two thousand nineteen. Mm. Um, and again, uh, it's, I know I keep saying it, but the feel you can you, you can feel it, and you can even see it. People yeah. can see it from the outside, even people that don't know the sport know.
3: Mm. And it's interesting you say that about Crusaders because. Well, I'm not a rugby fan I am a rugby fan <laughs> But right. um, just from things I've read about them mm. And their players The open door policy Like you can just see From their courtyard And communication That it has that That feel That's eh? mm. cool yeah. So excited for you <laughs>
0: oh, thank Awesome you. Just going just, just back to culture your t- To culture And, and being your, your Captain C role uh, Sulu Was there ever a time Because you did mention Like in terms of uh, Great values in culture It's like You need to uh, be 100% in it uh, and the buy-in. And was there ever a time when you were playing as, as a captain where you felt like, because you're talking about intuition, you felt like, man, someone is just lagging behind, someone is, we're pulling, we're having to pull the, pick up the slacks or slack for someone's, uh, who's, who's not being, a, who's not um, going 100%. Is there ever been a time like that? Or can you give us an example mm. of when you're like, hey, pull your head in, come on.
1: Well, <laughs> other than when it's myself. Um, <laughs> I think uh, what I... Uh, Always trying to balance, and I didn't do it very well early on, um, when I was younger, um, is understanding um, where the pers- uh, understanding what's best for the team, so from a bigger point of view, but then also understanding where that individual is at. Um, whereas I sometimes thought, like, you know, this is the values, this is the standard, um, you got to hold them to account. That's the right thing to do, and that's that's all it is, black and white, like that's the way it is. But I've learned over time that sometimes you've got to have a bit of compassion in there as well. Um, so let's just say the standard is you got to hit a certain yo-yo in our team. Someone might not be getting it. Yes, that's been agreed. That's the standard. But is me nailing that or putting it out there going to help that person? Or do I go to a conversation? Do I ask what's going on? Do you want to train with me? Shall we do some shes- sessions ourselves? are you keen to come join me on Saturdays? Let's go, um, come with my kids, we're just going to the track. Um, So just understanding different approaches um, to do it because often the hard noses not going to work, especially for females. Um, why, and I why, know it, I, <laughs> I was going to ask that, um, does that
3: approach mainly work for female teams as opposed to male
1: teams? Mm, I'd say it's probably, yeah, you got to know your people. Like mm. for say me and Peter um, and my team, um, we are constantly arguing. Like honestly, every training, we're at each other. The other girls just look at us and are waiting for us to just throw a punch. That's just the way we operate. But then after the training, we're just laughing, like hugging each other, just having a laugh. Uh, so I think you've got to know where people are at. Some people are a little bit more emotional or sensitive, um, but as well uh, as you knowing, they got to be honest. So I've had some, or I've experienced when some people say they want the hard word and then you give it and they don't like it and they think they, so I think like awareness is a big thing and you only get that with experience and maturity. Um, But I guess as a good leader, you've got to read people and know people um, and understand how to communicate with them, how to comfort or when sometimes words aren't needed um, and when they just need space. Um, So work in progress. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure out my children. They change every day. Um, uh, But um, definitely understanding people is a big part of it. Cool.
0: But you you definitely do something great because – you led the, yeah, the Northern Mystics to the championship this year. So, yeah, well done. Oh, thank you.
1: That. They carried us, which was helpful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is it is it difficult sometimes to... I think I've heard you describe... I've heard that you described yourself sometimes as awkward. Is it difficult at times to sort of step outside of your comfort zone to be that leader that needs to support or to be that teammate that needs to offer compassion when... That's not something that you're 100% comfortable mm. with.
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. I think awkwardness when I was young, um, I must I covered that with a mask. So um, I probably rooted in me just feeling a bit out of place or trying to fit in uh, just between the my birth parents, my parents, my grandparents. So just always felt a bit weird or out of place, and so that probably carried itself into the awkwardness or and. Um, not knowing how to be with like people at school. And so I learned how to put on a mask and that's how I dealt with it. And so I just acted like I didn't like hugs or acted like I didn't, um, I just was quite, to be honest, I was quite weird <laughs> growing up. Um, but then I figured out how to do things to make, um, or what people liked or how to act and talk to fit in and to people please pretty much. Um, and to um, do, I always cared so much about uh, making other people feel good when I actually felt shit inside um, because I just wasn't being authentic to myself. As I've got older, I've just embraced the awkwardness. Everyone in my team, like I'm not, uh, everyone talks about how weird I am and (laughs) awkward, but it just is what it is. Um, And I try my best to just be myself, goods, bads and uglies, Mm. so that the rest of the team feel comfortable And I don't mind if that means I'm the butt of the jokes. Like even just um, before on my way here, the girl, the friends girls are in camp at the moment and they're around the dinner table laughing at me and I'm not even in camp and they're still (laughs) laughing at me. Like, I don't know what it is. Something about tucking my dress in my track pants or something. Um, (laughs) But I think it's really important to, like, just allow people to be that way. Um, Often, like, just especially nowadays, like everything's so PC or... um, you you feel that you need to um, put your best foot forward or always look like everything you've got everything together, like social media, this, the high standards are so high. Um, and I don't want my kids to feel that way, so I make a really um, conscious effort to be weird around them, to be silly and to make mistakes in front of them so they feel comfortable to do the same mm. Um Probably They probably just hate it, um, but I don't ever want them to feel they have to be perfect or they have to be a certain way. I want them to be comfortable in their own skin.
3: Cool. Mm, Tell incredible. us about your children. I mean, you've mentioned being a mum a few times already, so it sounds like to me a very significant role. Um, and your children are very, very... Um, I mean, most parents, our children are important. Mm, <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> when they're not going to a headache. <laughs> How old are they? Um and how's what phase are they, I guess, in terms of parenting? Because as you said earlier, managing children's a whole nother ball <laughs> game.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, they manage me, probably. Um, I, between my, myself and my husband, we're we a blended family, so we've got four. Um, he's got a, a nine-year-old and an eight-year-old. Um, Mason and Harley, and then I've got twin nine-year-olds, Tevita oh. and Teresa. So they're all the same age, oh, cool. which is really good because they like same age stage development, but also like if they're going at it, they're going at it. So <laughs> also that to manage. Um, I guess when I first had them, just was a struggle. Uh, it wasn't planned. I was solo. Um, really young, didn't even, I couldn't even look after myself, let alone the kids, Um, so my family really carried a lot of that, and I'm very much indebted to them, including uh, not just my parents, but also my siblings. Um, They were in school, but pretty much babysitters were for me the whole time, while I was trying to figure out my own stuff, Mm. Um, and uh, I really struggled early on with... um, uh, what is was it? Um, postnatal. Um, but I didn't know what it was at that time. Mm. And so I never really prioritised them, probably for a good three or four years. Oh. And uh, big regret, but also big learning uh, for me. So now, um, I know I can't take that back, but it's really important to me that I am investing my time in them, uh, which is why I chose to step away from Nepal. That was the biggest driver. and um, They deserve to have their mum undivided attention um, and to prioritise them in um, moving forward so yeah yeah, really cool to at least wake up to that because some people don't till it's too late but I'm really grateful that I had a family that carried uh, in that space where I was trying to figure things out.
3: Oh awesome. That's so cool. Oh, thank I you. So fortunate to have Fano like that. And mm. at nine years old, eh, they're sort of at that testing boundaries stage. Oh
1: yeah, my daughter. Testing oh. boundaries. She's like three of them in one. She's um <laughs> <laughs> she's my karma,
0: so
3: <laughs> but love her. Love her. <laughs> she sharpens you. Mm. <laughs> oh
0: cool. my um, love. so Sulu, you, you talked about um obviously you mentioned awkwardness. And culture, and also um, just the personal uh, mm. stage in, in your life. Uh, but I do, I do realize that there were some dark times um, mm. before postnatal, per, uh, and all that kind of trying to, you know, people pleasing, trying to figure out who you are, self acceptance, all that kind of stuff uh, that I think is quite prevalent even now, you know, mm. even as adults. Um, but tell us, because I know you went through a, a dark period, tell us what was the, the defining moment for you to kind of like, you know what? I need to get things, I need to get my thing together. I need to get it right and and just move forward.
1: Mm, I think uh, my coping mechanism throughout that time was food when I was younger and then it became alcohol. And so I was always looking to outside things for validation or comfort. Um, And so I was never actually working on myself. I kept that mask on, that was my safe space. Um, and I was using food and alcohol So my relationship with those two things Were really unhealthy And um, That was in, uh, before and after I had the kids So um, I was relying on that Rather than working on myself Which meant obviously that it impacted my children It meant that they had Didn't have me at my best um, It meant I was prioritising Going out for a drink with my mates Because I still wanted to be young Instead of being home with them um, It took Probably a good three years before I really started to, um, I think it was partly guilt, but also um, looking at my children and realising, man, they're growing up and what am I doing? Um, and so I was in Wellington, I decided to go to Wellington, uh, this was my um fifth team um by then, fifth franchise out of six. I'm currently the Guinness World Record holder for most franchises in the country. Um and so by then, you know, like you realise enough's enough. Um the kids are growing up. I'm mid twenties and I'm acting like I'm a teenager and you're a mum. Like mum has substance to it, it has value but at that time, I don't think I deserved that title. Even though people would talk about it all the time, I knew that the life I was living, I didn't deserve that title. I was blessed to have my kids. I was blessed to have my family and my village. And so um, going to Wellington, uh, that t- uh, time was massive because it um, probably I prioritised my culture and faith that year. Um, so in that time, I was... Um, reconnecting with my family, I went to Samoa to receive my malu, I got baptised, I reconnected with church and my faith Um, and so that time coincided with being in Wellington uh, and it's so weird, I was in Wellington playing netball and commuting back and forth to Auckland but those two years I was probably more present and connected with my children than the three years before I was in Auckland. And maybe I just needed the space to wake up to myself, or um, thank God, to be honest, Um, thank God for my parents, thank God for um, my siblings who made it possible, and thank you for them for waiting, because you see so many parents that make mistakes, it's natural, but they don't have the same, they lose their kids, or they lose that connection, or the kids then go to someone else. Whereas because of my family, I'm able to still be a mum, so I'm really uh, grateful for that, um, and I don't take it for granted.
0: I love that because you mentioned your model. I know it's honour of your granddad. Mm. So how how significant is that for you in terms of the model and your culture, so and and what does it do in terms of in terms of how you represent yourself when you're on the on the court and so forth?
1: It was really important for um, my family, my nana, mum. And I don't blame them to make sure that if I was going to receive this honour and um, and to take the stage that they wanted to make sure I was living those values. Um, so they were reluctant at first um, because they understood the gravity of not what it meant for me but what it meant for our people. Um, and I understand that as well. And so it was really important that if I was going to uh, to wear the honour and be a custodian of this um, of this beautiful um, malu, that I was living those values for our people, because especially because um, being a netballer, I am wearing a dress that's always out there, and so it's really important that any the way I play and the way I am um, with people that it um, embodies what it is to be a Tamaita'i Samoa, and that was really, really important. And so um, with the, uh, my family's help and also reconnecting with my faith and probably with my papa, my guardian angel, um, we we were able to do that and take this journey. And I'm hoping that I continue to make him proud. It's really important for me. Um, every time I look at my legs, well, not uh, not anymore, it's... Covered um, But when Every time on the court um, It was in honour of Our culture But also of
3: my papa So cool Our culture and our whakapapa Is so important Mm. eh? And I love how you um, Explain that And use that as the Foundation of who you are That's cool Very cool Thank you
2: You mentioned before Excuse me um, About um, You know When you first had um, Your twins Obviously, that's so hard, especially as a first-time parent. I can't even imagine how hard that is. Um, But how was it in terms of, because our people are quite traditional, there's traditional values there, you know, things like marriage and all that sort of stuff. How was it in terms of dealing with the family expectations? Um, And things like shame are such a big thing um, in our community. So how how was it for you having to deal with that, with your family, perhaps even, you know butting heads with family members. What was it like for you? Uh,
1: I was a teenager down in Dunedin when I... uh, I I didn't even realise I was pregnant because it didn't even cross my mind. Um, One of the older girls in the team mentioned it because I was spewing before trainings and just sleeping, like, when we were travelling to games. I had no clue. And then I um, did the test and then, well, hello. Um, And it took, actually, me another month to build up the confidence to tell mum so, so I was in Dunedin at the time my coach is actually the one that forced me to fly home and tell her and anyone that knows my mum's like oh. <laughs> um, and so it took me the whole plane ride I was like in sweats like i um, trying to figure out how I was going to tell her and I was so scared um, and as disappointed as she was in me she at the time she thought I was a virgin so that was hard enough but yeah. Um, but of course she still loved me and we went to um, get uh, to the scan together and hello, um, not one heartbeat but two. Um, so honestly, uh, my hello, <laughs> um, I was a baby having two babies and so that whole nine months or whatever, you, um, I actually, it was quite a blur. I had no idea what was going on, probably because I well this happens when babies have babies you know you you don't understand what you're doing whereas my mum was quite um, nervous for me because she knew what was going on and so she carried a lot of it Um, but as well like I definitely went MIA just because you know that's not the done thing in our well not just our culture but a lot of cultures where marriage comes first and um, as well, because of the privilege I had of uh, in my career, you know, I in some people's mind, I threw it away to um, to get pregnant and to be a solo mum on top of that, um, that come, brings with it a lot of shame. And so um, I got qu- uh, in quite a dark space. I um, internalised and I was just at home every day, um, fully cut off from everything I knew with netball. Um, and so... Very much a struggle And um, me and my mum We're not uh, I don't know if it's just Our family Or if that's Our culture But It's We didn't really talk much So I was in this weird space She was in a weird space But We never actually Had the conversation It was just Existing And feeling Like scared Or anxious Um, But just You know she, She was still taking me To every appointment But I could feel Her disappointment I could feel her worry For me And I was obviously struggling, but no conversation happened. Um, So I don't know whether it's just the space I was in or if that's quite prevalent in our culture, to not talk about the things that are hard um, or whether it's just the way things are here in New Zealand. um, But I think um, now we make a point to make sure we have those conversations as awkward or as uncomfortable as it is to just put it out there um, but it's very hard, um, and I see so many families and friends, like um, that, don't do it, and it's just the way it is. You just
2: uh, carry on. Yeah, that's interesting. And just thinking about it now, because um, who do you think the onus falls on to initiate the conversation?
1: Um, I hope my mum's <laughs> not listening to this, but I definitely think the parent. <laughs> um, but I guess like i got to understand the context because the way they grew up, you know, they had m- more important things to worry about, about surviving, you know, when they come here to New Zealand. They were worried about working, they were worried about putting food on the table, about staying in New Zealand, whereas maybe emotions and things like that weren't a priority, whereas um, for me, like the luxury of being comfortable and having a loving, loving parents and having the stability of having food and parents that work. Um, I guess in that space, then I wanted the comfort or I wanted the connection, but maybe at that time it just wasn't. They never learnt to do it, and I, um, knowing my uh, grandparents, they were so loving towards me, but Mum talks about how strict. Uh, Nana and Papa were, like, my mum wanted to be a silver fern, but she wasn't allowed to play uh, carry-on with netball because it was on Sundays with church. Um, So understanding that bigger picture, I can see why. um, But I think moving forward, um, it's important that, like, the parents got to start it. Can't leave it to the kids. Kids don't know. um, And often the conversation's way are not as bad as you make it out in your head. Even with me at the moment, I'm trying to figure out how to have those uh, those hard conversations with the kids, especially my daughter, who's very curious and asking so many questions in this day and age with so many things going on in school and um, media. But I'm learning that i I got to go there because if I'm not willing to... Uh, shape the conversation than someone else is going to Mm. whether it's kids at school or other adults or what they watch on youtube or whatever they have access to on their screens um so it's better that i get past that weird or uncomfortable space um, and go there so then at least then we have that safe space between us
2: Mm. that's that's cool cool you you mentioned in there that your mum wanted to play netball or to be a silver friend um so you wanting to be a silver friend was that something kind of inspired from your mum or was that something you grew naturally to want for yourself uh,
1: in our family sports like what, like it's just quite uh, normal normalized in our family having like uncle Orlo and uncle tana do it and to see that it's very real and um uh like it made it possible um you know when you see your own people you believe that you can attain it um But the passion comes from definitely mum and aunties. Um, Definitely had the talent, they had it, but, you know, back then that was just the way it is, like, woman, um, or the the way mum says it is. Like, I think it's hard for her because she saw her brother become an all black and she knew that she had the talent as well. But papa just wouldn't budge on her. And whether that was out of love, maybe he was protecting her or what he thought was right. Um but I think it's just that untu- or unfinished or um, unfulfilled. And so for me, that was a massive driver to know that I don't have any barriers. I have parents that support me. Um, I have um, opportunities and resources. Um, and so why not? Like uh, I not owe it to my mum, but it's important that at least give it the best we have. Um, both me and my sister, it was really important um for her to um to i guess for her because she loves sports so much, and I know how much she wishes she could have done it um but it was really important for us that we made the most of our opportunities because I know if my mum had it, she would have worn the dress as well. Uh,
0: nice. mm. That's cool. Yeah, so cool. You come from you do you do you come from a rich pedigree of of, of sports um, people, all brown. Did you say Tana Umanga? Yeah. Oh wow, Tana Umanga. Obviously your sister Teresa. Um So if we can go back to sports, um, uh, Sulu, and because you know you're the captain of Northern Mystics, what does it take? Because in terms of mindset, you have a lot of these professional athletes. You know, some of them are like the killers, absolute killers. Wow, I want to win. And don't take failure, uh, very good. But for you and your mindset, what are you like? What 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 makes you tick? What makes you, that lights the fire for you when you're on that court and performing? What's, where, where does your mind take you? Or what kind of preparations do you need mm. to have as a, a professional athlete, but also, also for you as the captain of the Northern Mystics uh, and the Civil <laughs> Friends?
1: Uh, definitely wear my heart on my sleeve when I was young that wasn't great because I was always arguing with umpires always like just like couldn't hide anything on my face I was that sook or that person that you know everyone was like oh, just, oh get her off like that was definitely me fingers John <laughs> <laughs> but I was that was me um, whereas I've learned to harness that and um, use it as a strength because I care very deeply um about the uh, unit and everyone on court, so I've learnt to to the out is to support the players around me and to put the passion there, uh, whether that's through communication or through um, through praising, uh, but also. Um, that connection physically, whether it's um, switches and defence or things like that. Um, Mindset-wise, my mindset is always to, what can I do to make our unit or our team work? That's the way my mind likes to work, which is why I like to be at the back, so you can see everything, um, to make sure that everyone's the the connections are seamless, they're um, fluid and people can roll in and out. I'm very comfortable with if I need to come off the court for a moment in time. I'm I'm definitely not of the mindset that you must stay on for the whole time and this is my bib, no one's coming on. I think people can add their value and strength for a moment in time and then I'm comfortable to come off if needed as well. I definitely think that's the way netball's going, um, you don't have like you see it in NBA you don't have to be on for 60 minutes to be known as the best player Um, like Lebron you know all those big players uh, same with league um, even rugby you know a prop or I might be wrong I'm going to get in trouble but I'm pretty sure certain positions you don't stay on the whole time but it's the value you add when you're on I mean, that's the space uh, I hope, if I ever go into coaching, that, that's what I want, would want in a team, that everyone understands they've got value, uh, but everyone can um, pitch in on the uh, court or field when it's their time, and understand that when it's time for someone else, that you celebrate that.
0: I mm. ah, no. What a killer, what a killer, man. absolutely killer.
3: Yeah, very strategic too because you're also reserving energy mm. and you're also Yes, we like to save energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're reserving energy but you're also giving people their moment mm. rather than like exhausting every ounce of energy or resource that they have. You're kind of spreading it out, distributing it. Like that's strategic ads.
1: That's our people though. You know,
3: that's yeah. the way we operate. You, you
1: know that it's not just you. Everyone's got a um, place… Um, and it's the collective is always stronger than the individual.
3: Yeah, yeah. And so when you're coming out, you're coming out, you're giving your top best part. And then when it's gone, next, yeah. next top, <laughs> top the best part. That's very good.
0: I'm going to steal I, I, that yeah, strategy. That's a good one. That's a good one. Because how, how did you feel when, when you went captain over, you were just one of, the, one of the team members and you just felt like the captain was like, hey, I'm the glory, I'm the one, I'm the, I'm the glory hunter, I'm the one. So just, you just listen to what I say and you were Totally different from your own values. How did you cope with that? Because you would think, oh, yeah. What was the what was the kind of feeling in terms of oh, I don't like this team, or I, uh, maybe that's why you went to six other. <laughs> I don't maybe know. Maybe no I one know. wanted me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I never experienced that, but hy- hypothetically, if I did, um, uh, you definitely can see in the team when uh, t- a captain doesn't have the buy-in, you can see that. Um, uh, what it does is then people aren't willing to give their all. They might give just enough, or they might uh, g- uh, give it when it suits them. But um, the team will learn to if, if the leader's not gonna, if it doesn't go both ways, you can see it in a team when push comes to shove, or when the leaders uh, like under pressure, those others might not come to follow as um, as as you would. Like if if you know that someone doesn't really have your best interest, you're not probably inclined to to give them your all. Whereas when it's the other way and you know that your leader has you through thick and thin and will do whatever it takes, you see like, um, you can see the trust that's built um, amongst the team um, and you can see that um, they'll follow you no matter what and they'll back you up and they'll, um, they're willing to, even if it, puts yourself out there that you might not look so good so say if I um, or if someone in my team made a mistake but if there's that trust that's built in the team I'm willing to then cover them even if it makes me look bad but that's not a thought in my head whereas when you um, when it's the other way you know everyone's looking out for themselves Mm -hmm. and you're always um, trying to make sure you look your best as opposed to how do we look our best.
0: Mm. nice well said yeah i love that collective
3: thinking
2: it's Hello. so cool yeah, it's funny that made me think of like when you're striving for excellence ego must be something that like mm. plays in the back of your mind like i don't i'm just assuming obviously as a spectator that like you can't really completely eliminate ego when you're aiming to be the best at something like it must there must be times where you have <laughs> to like try and check yourself but you want to be like bro, I did that, I'm the <laughs> man, <laughs> I'm, I'm the, the captain. <laughs> do, you, do you ever find, like, I don't know, was that, was that an experience for you in terms of checking yourself so that you're not?
1: Yeah, it definitely comes with maturity, but also realising, as you, I think with maturity, you start to realise I'm not as good as I think I am or I don't have everything together. You know, as you get older, you start to figure out what you're good at, what you're not so good at. So that probably came with age. Probably my ego biggest, the hardest challenge that I've found with professional sport is the hardest uh, part I've found with professional sport is actually managing not what the outside noise. So within the team I'm fine, like I, I don't mind the dynamics, I don't mind who's in the lead or how that works, but I struggle big time with um, not give uh, not not like really wanting to just say something back to not haters but you know like keyboard warriors Mm. or people even like commentators or people that say things that you genuinely believe is not true but learning to sit with that and just carry on like that was a big thing for me in terms of ego like like so many people whether it's through interviews media or commentators or people online have said so many things about me that like I, I feel are not true, but they just have this perception, you know, and that's natural. Like people are going to have perception from watching you on TV or from just the way they like to see a game, or like that's very normal. Um, but that's probably a, a space that I've struggled or had to work on the hardest to um, to understand that maybe you, it's maybe they're right, but also. Maybe what they think doesn't matter, but it's very hard to uh, to block that out, especially nowadays with social media. It's so easy, like because our posts go up and we're we're regularly sharing our posts for games, but so many people are writing their opinions about you, and some of the things can be quite personal, um, and so massively um, uh, confronting. And then you start, to, then the doubt comes in. You start to question yourself. You start to wonder, are they, is, you know, are they? Uh, Are they right? Um, And then a lot of the time with um, sport, it's like a bandwagon, but bandwagon haters. Like one person will say something, then it's taken as gospel. Like let's say someone says, like, about me that um, I'm talking all the time and I don't actually play, I'm just telling everyone what to do. And then that's the perception. Then because someone's read it, then everyone's like, yeah, that's what she does. And then, you know, it just becomes a narrative. Um which it probably might part of it might be true, but um you s- it's very hard to separate that from your value for yourself or how you see yourself
0: mm-hmm I'll tell you right now, Sulu, that is 100% untrue. <laughs> it is, because, you know, people put it um this context is everything, eh? Mm. They don't see you trained, they don't see you train your your ass off, they don't see you on the court, they don't see what you see on the court, and so forth, and so, yeah, you're right. And the, the sad thing about it is that when you put yourself out there, it's part and parcel. Mm. They're going to come mm. out, and they're going to troll you and whatever, But um, but which is unfortunate, but going back to ego, is there such a thing as positive ego? Because there has to be sometimes. Surely, surely, where you think, "Man, I am, I am the one. I am, I'm the <laughs> chosen we, one. We we won because of my play today because I did really well." Surely, there has to be a moment or moments where you feel like, "Yeah, yes, yeah, me," because I'm the captain. I did this play.
1: Probably not as captain, but as um, oh, this makes me quite uncomfortable. Um, I I I think confident, a level of confidence you have to have. And especially if you're playing professional sports, like like the name of the game is to win. Like, and I like don't get me wrong. As much as I believe in collective and culture and uh, compassion, like I'm very competitive. Like I'm there to win. Like that's 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 our job. Um, and so that's never everything that um is put in place is with the vision or direction to win. That's because um, for me, if you're going to do something, you do it properly. But also, that's your that's what you give back to those who have invested or those who have sacrificed time. Or um, that's your um, their reward that you're giving them. And so, it's really important for me as an athlete um, that. That's what we're we driving to do. Like I don't play to come second. Like, <laughs> like or, like I said with me and Peter, we will fight over. We could be doing a warm up game and we're we're on the floor rolling. Like that's that's the way we go. Um. And so yes, uh, I don't know if the word is ego, but confidence is huge. You got to know what you're good at, and yeah, it's good to like strut your stuff. And um, our people sometimes struggle with owning owning their strengths and owning what they're good at Um, and I don't think that it's cocky to know what you're good at Um, and I'm when I was young I used to just you know you just want to be humble and just um, keep quiet but I'm very comfortable to speak openly about what I'm good at but also acknowledge what I'm not so good at Um, and so it's really important that like if you're gonna if you want to be excellent or you want to be the best you've got to know what you're good at because if you don't and if you don't own it then there's no way you're gonna win, like because someone else is gonna be better or someone's gonna think they're better. Um, so you gotta ha- that top two inches is huge.
0: Yeah, awesome. And you were the best. You were the best. Two
1: thousand twenty-three.
0: We oui, we. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't love her. So in terms of um, obviously in terms of the Nepal career and so forth and your family and you talked about your relationships um, and, and I know your grandparents are very um, uh, very important to you and especially your, your grandfather obviously with your malu. Can, can you tell us a little bit more in terms of in depth of the relationship and why why is he so instrumental in terms of your your your, your just yourself and, and also you as, as a person and, and as an individual uh,
1: my grandparents are the ones that brought me back from Samoa to New Zealand. Um, I was quite sick in Samoa, so my nana and papa brought me back. Um, My papa was very hard on his kids, tough love, but very hard on his kids, but for me, uh, he spoiled me. So every Sunday KFC dates, Uh, every time I was at home he had a um, jar of peanut slabs at the top of the shelf, he'd give me one all the time. he always had time for me. Um, we'd be gardening. Both of our, uh, I'd be gardening in the um, with my grandparents out the front, um, and so I'm really blessed to have got that time. A lot of people don't get time with their grandparents. Um, and then um, they were uh, they were the house that so many um, people when they came from Samoa. They'd go, they'd be in the house for a f- couple of months and then out or a few months. So I've uh, had so many families or people that come up to me now as an adult and say, Oh, I stayed at your grandparents' house. And so that legacy is huge for me. And um, my papa was massive in the Efakasa church, which was um, one of the first ones uh, when our people came to New Zealand um, in Grey Lynn. He was a stall oh. there till he um, passed away. Um, and uh, my nana's still going strong. <laughs> I, I'm with her every, uh, every week doing her groceries and um, spending time with her. Um, and so it's really important I know how lucky I am to have grandparents. Um, and just what our grandparents did to come here for us, to have the opportunities we have. Like, I, I could never do what they had done um and so every it's a reminder and it's uh um it's inspiring um f- and to see what the, they made possible uh, for us like we it's um important for us to not just aim for what we'll be a minimum but to exceed those expectations and that's why i'm really passionate about seeing our people be leaders not just followers or not just to aspire to bigger Because we know how to lead And we have a certain way That encompasses uh, results But also people um, And so it's really important uh, To repay what our grandparents and parents Did for us
0: Hello. Mm, That's awesome yeah, That's beautiful
3: Because um, I think um, one thing that people Don't always hear In terms of the kind of support we get Because I hear your journey um, And I hear some of the challenges you've had to work through, uh, and then only to come back on top. Uh, and then you said you had the support of your family and your siblings and your grandparents. But um, I don't think people quite understand the kind of support that they give, eh? Like it's not just the, um, the physical stuff or the financial stuff or the shelter stuff. Mm. But there's this Immense prayer that mm. they pour and cover us over. Um, your grandparents are like that. Yes, <laughs> your mum and dad, much. and then they remind us that <laughs> <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, how, how, how,
3: how does what does what does that mean for you and?
1: Is that you on your side? That's so funny, yes. My nana, so every time I'm about to do something, it could be like I might be going away for three days, she'll call me just to double check that am I going, she'll call me when I've returned, Um, and um, faith's massive, Um, and uh, understanding that God has a plan for us, and like I'm so grateful for the prayers from grandparents and parents, um, but also it's way bigger than that. Um, you and know, the we fasting, have eh? yeah, they fast everything. <laughs> <laughs> fasting, um, everything. Um, to but it's uh, also goes to like uh, cousins, second cousins, third cousins. You know, like um, I have people that are like um, that support you that you know you might have met twice, but they're family. And like uh, we're really lucky in that sense that our networks are huge. We we value every relationship, not just the nuclear, um, and that's why we're uh, so strong. I think, and um, if we could, ha- if more of our people could harness that, uh, we'd be unstoppable. Because uh, when we uh, when we back each other, we're all in, um, and so that's when we're at our best. Um, And so it's really important we put ourselves and our kids uh, in that space.
3: Yeah, that's cool. Um, Yeah, because I think people don't quite understand the depth of the support. Mm. (laughs) And it goes right into the spiritual realms. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I have an amazing mother-in-law who um, prays for all her children, including uh, us in-laws and the grandchildren. And uh, yeah, it's very faithful in that Mm. area. (laughs) It reminds us, us, yeah. it reminds us about it. Reminds us about the fasting mm. and all of that, and we take it for granted sometimes. Mm. But you know, it's it's those things that really um intercept or intercede for us in those really dark times. Mm. So it's really cool to hear that. Yeah,
1: they remind us what matters. You know, when we're caught up in um, the Western world or caught up in the hustle and bustle, uh, they remind us like the foundation or what's important. And to be honest, their prayers have probably carried us in times where we thought it was ourselves. Yeah.
3: Um, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> Tell me about it, eh? You
2: um you mentioned there, um, I could never do what they had done. Um, and you kind of briefly talked about, you know, the world they grew up in in that context. Mm. When you think about like the future generation or like your own children, are there things that you anticipate they're gonna struggle with because of the way the world is heading like in the same way that you're like i could never do what your parents and your grandparents have done when you think about things that your kids might say we're like man i don't know how mum did that or mm. how dad yes. did that are there things that stick out to you in your mind where you're like damn they're gonna struggle with it i uh,
1: definitely think they're spoilt uh, <laughs> but in a good way like they're very loved very mm. sheltered um but in i guess in that way you might not learn uh, you know there's resilience that you learn from adversity uh, whereas um, my husband always reminds me you know you can't be too um, soft on them because then they're not going to learn themselves it's um, and so that's always a balance because for me like I in my mind too much loves nothing wrong with that but I um, when I think to uh, how I've become a better person, um, it's from the hard times. And so my husband tries to encourage me to allow that. Uh, the other thing that I'm nervous about for our children is the media and the there's so many things nowadays that's quite confusing for them and so many blurred lines, so many opinions um, that um, I, I couldn't imagine what that's like and then bringing the screens and the internet um, so much information but how, a lot of it's rubbish um, and so just being able to filter that out I I, I think they'll struggle with that and I think how that generation will struggle um, in terms of understanding what's real um, and of substance and just um, being able to find that direction and find self worth within all that mess um, I feel sorry for my kids we've had the best of both worlds, we know what having that um, privilege of, or having internet and information, but also uh, having no phones and having, just being real and just being with your mates outside. Um, So that part I'm quite nervous about for the kids. Mm
0: -hmm. Interesting, because, you know, being a mother, and you have, uh, how many boys now? Three Three boys. Three three boys. Yeah, in terms of um, raising up these three boys, what are your thoughts in terms of, nurturing these these young boys to be men and and what are your thoughts as well in terms of men the men of, of this day and age obviously you, you hear about vulnerability and so forth but what do you what do you think and what's your hope for your your boys when they get older and what are you hoping to instill in them
1: mm, that they're respectful to women number one um, that they understand that it's still masculine to to be sensitive or to be compassionate or to be loving, that, that's actually a strength as a man, to be a protector. Um, uh, I hope that they uh, um, they value family and that that's a priority, um, but also that they're comfortable to not feel like they have to be one of the boys. Um, Andrew, so my husband, says all the time that, you know, with tradies, like it's, he just often says it's the way it is, and I said to him, but it doesn't have to be that way. When he talks about the language they use, the banter, the um, things they do, or the way he said that's just the way boys are. But I hope that um, our boys or men grow up to to be able to that being respectful is is masculine, and um, you know they don't have to hide behind the jokes and the. Um, and having to be funny or having to be uh, going that far around women, like that doesn't make them a better man. Um, and so hopefully uh, uh, we can install that in them to be good men, um, not just for their future wives, but also for their family and children.
0: Oh Lord. And what is, the, what is the key ingredients? What do you think? What is Or key ingredients in terms of raising young men? like your your boys what do you what do you think besides love uh
1: uh that Andrew their dad and their um also the uh, vita's dad are present um that they're loving towards the boys Because um, I see them all the time they yearn for it, especially our boys um Andrews too, our boys, uh, they're up north often, so we're going up tomorrow up north because it's really important for us that they get physical time with him. Um, even when we FaceTime um, Harley and Mason, you can see it on their face that they struggle seeing their dad with, you know, I guess other kids or my kids and that they just want to be around their dad. And so uh, you see so many men, like a lot of men that struggle um, they say that it's because they didn't have the father figure or they didn't have the love they wanted that, or the approval they wanted. So that's really important that Andrew and uh Vita's dad is um, strong in that sense, um, but also not teasing. Um, I always make sure that I say something to Andrew when he teases Vita about being a bit sensitive or about thing, and I say to him, you know, like, don't do that to him because you're going to make him you going to make him hold those feelings inside and you see so many men like Andrew's only now, he's probably going to kill me for saying this. <laughs> <But> he,
3: <laughs> we can edit it.
1: <laughs> but like he's open with his feelings and he's able to now after 30 years, be able to talk with with his mates about emotional things or talk to them about struggles with uh, being a man or being a husband. And whereas they've never had that talk, usually it's just drink, laugh, jokes, and then nothing deep. Whereas they're quite real, um, they're at a space now where they're comfortable to just be vulnerable and all good to cry and it's not funny, it's like, well they can probably have a laugh over it, but it's safe to be that way, and it doesn't make you like a sissy or anything like that, you're just being real, Um, and so I make sure to make a point of it when um, Andrew uh, kind of gets like that with the boys, any of the boys, that I say, no you let them, if they're upset or sensitive, allow them, and he knows it too, like he laughs about it, but he's adjusting to let the boys be both like um and it's not like well i don't think crying is feminine it's just natural um
3: it's an emotion yeah 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 was yeah, that cool. good that's
1: good yeah. advice good.
3: tell us about your husband you've mentioned him a few times <laughs> like there's love here love <laughs> hate
1: i don't know what you call it
3: <laughs> how did you guys meet who is he Ooh. because you're a strong woman requires a special guy.
2: <laughs> Andrew, Andrew. Andrew. Yes. Andrew take he's
1: old guy. He's <laughs> <sighs> um uh he we actually met when we were teenagers. Um uh, uh back in town days um then, <laughs> <laughs> that was brief and then we <laughs> <laughs> then we well, I guess we went off and had kids and then um reconnected wow. um probably oh I think six years ago now uh reconnected when we both had our own kids we we're both in a wet uh funny space and the year that I actu- uh, the year that I actually got my malu and baptized was the same year I met him so they say good things come in threes. I'd say he was borderline.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but it's, we've definitely um, done a lot of healing together. We've both got our own issues, um, uh, which comes with, I guess, the space we were in. But we've both done a lot of healing together. It's quite nice to, um, I guess, we because we're both broken and got stuff going on, uh, we've uh, allowed each other to go through that space together um and priority number one is to be better for our kids um because we know that you know that's the most important thing uh we yeah he's definitely taught me a lot of things um because he's a tradie you know he's got a certain way about him um he's very different to me like uh i'm a little bit more proper he's very much a like he's
3: a man (laughs) he's
1: let's just say i'll take him to i would take him to um um, I won't take him to a formal evening, but I would take him to uh, a night in the garage with my mates. Is
2: <laughs> <God laughs> <has, has>, <laughs> it <laughs> it's because he doesn't? enjoy?
3: Because, no, he doesn't I, want to go. Well, I,
1: I, I, it's because he's real. He's not going to oh. pretend, oh,
3: cool. which is a
1: good thing about him. Yeah. But you know, he's not going to. If he, if we're at a formal gathering and he's not enjoying it, he'll say it. Or he won't try to hide it and, you're and pretend like, um,
3: honey, like this is work.
1: But in that way he's been really good for me because he's allowed me to be more real and to yeah. also not be say yes, yes, yes. He's been the one that's saying no. If someone's gonna ask you to do something, you need to decide is it right for you. Don't just say yes, yes, yes. You need to remember that you gotta look after you and our family. So he's been really good in that space. Cool. I'm sorry, I'm not saying he can't do formal things, but he's just so real that uh, some people might not be ready for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool.
3: Yeah, awesome. Cool. Awesome. And you're going to stop there?
1: Yes, yeah, <laughs> I'll stop there because the word vomit's like going. <laughs> oh,
0: come on, man.
2: Andrew. That's uh, cool, though. I really like that you acknowledge that. Because I was going to ask, like, in terms of having a blended family, like, There's a lot of unique challenges Mm -hmm. that come with Mm -hmm. it. And I imagine there's a lot of baggage individually Mm -hmm. that you can't unpack and heal yourself. Otherwise you would have done it already. Mm -hmm. So like you need that other person to be able to not judge you for your baggage, Mm -hmm. but to have the patience to like declutter it all, like decompress Mm -hmm. and just help you piece yourself back Mm -hmm. together without all that extra stuff. So I imagine, you know, even though you talk about him being real and this man's man, I imagine he's been really vulnerable with you because he had to in Mm. terms of helping you unpack. You would have helped him unpack some of his baggage, Mm. but definitely it must've been unique in terms of trying to navigate that. And I imagine there's times where you both felt like two broken individuals. Mm. How do you, where do you even start in Mm. terms of the healing process and becoming a solid unit as a family?
1: When we came together, uh, we were in such strange places, but, um, when we uh, we kind of uh, because we found each other, we thought, okay, that's good enough, and we'll, we've got our kids. Let's come together. Uh, and then we started realizing, like, we're, it was quite confronting to see. I guess because it's easier to look at outside than it is in. And so when I was able to see what he was going through, and then he was able to see me, that helped us um, because it's it's quite hard. Or when you've learnt a uh, habit, or you've learnt to hide something or cope with something for so many years it's really hard to see it yourself or to uh, uh, address it whereas uh, when you can see the issues in someone else or see someone else working on it it makes you look inside and be like okay well maybe I need to do some work Um, so he's had it really tough like the things he's been through um, really hard and so for him to be who he is now like Ah, That's a miracle. Like he's (laughs) he's um, and so to see him starting to confront some things from his childhood and things like that, it made me realize like I got no excuse. Like if he's strong enough and if I love him and he's doing that, then how about I love myself and I do some stuff um for us, but also for our kids. And so I'm very lucky because a lot of people don't have that person to do it with. Um, and because it, it doesn't feel nice When you feel like the broken one And you think someone else is all perfect um, And so I've learned as well That uh, it can't come from me Telling him what to do um, So like with his own healing journey I used to think the best thing to do Was just be on his case Nag or like Oh you shouldn't be doing that Remember you're not going to do that um, But that had the, obviously the opposite effect Like I know I don't like to be told what to do Why do I think that's mm-hmm. going to work um but when you're when you just support and just continue to love and give grace when um you you know like make mistakes or you fall back, um that's been the biggest help and so uh, he's helped me heaps in that space um and so it's made me realize as well, not just uh, I guess for our own healing but outside of that um whether it's coaching or whatever job I do that. Um, I've got to learn to give grace to people. So even if there's a coworker that I find tomorrow that I realise that I don't get along with, or, you know, just people, to give grace and just to see things from that space. And, you know, if, if someone's, a, am not going to say Karen, but if someone's that type of person, there's probably a reason why. Wow, um, that's cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I like that, because um, I was just about to ask... Because you're right, as women, we tend to do that, you know, really nag, nag, pick, pick. Yeah. Oh, really? Like that, and <laughs> Is that true? nag, nag, pick, pick. Good and, answer, uh, you don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> a safe answer. Um,
3: but you're right, as you start to grow older, you realise, man, that doesn't even help. It makes mm. it worse, it amplifies it, and then all of a sudden, you're both really angry. Mm. Um, but what's your, as you realise that, and you kind of go, yeah, that's not helpful. And I think everyone's broken on some capacity. You know, mm. we're all on this journey of um, trying to figure out what um, uh, wholeness is. Mm. And I think it's going to be an ongoing journey in life. Um, and so even when our kids grow and we grow, we just, new phase. Mm. <laughs> okay, not meeting the levels here, feeling broken. How do I become whole? But what I love about what you're saying is, you recognise that and you've now had to change your approach mm. to your husband. And But in saying that, just because we realise that, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean you it do like it all the time. <laughs> and so, like, how do you, you know, because you're reactive, you're, it's on the tip of our tongue, mm. eh? Mm. Like, we're just like, mm, Waiting to bite, yeah. <laughs> and so, in terms of not letting that out, because you're like, I really want this guy to be mm. a <laughs> guy, Like, you know, help him. Because he, he thinks he's the man.
1: Oh, <laughs> yes, he does.
3: <laughs> he thinks he's the I man. that's all men. <laughs> and the worst thing we, we can do is like tear their ego down. Mm. But we also know how important it is to uffy that. Mm. Um, and so what's your strategy around hold, pull that back? Oh, sugar.
1: Oh, I'm not an expert in this, remember. But oh, but you're living it. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I'm trying to pay attention to when I'm doing that, is it about him or is it about me?
2: Mm.
1: Like, am I trying to be controlling? Am I trying to one-up him? Am I trying to point out that that you're not doing good, so then I feel better. So I've been trying to really work hard on, and then is my breath going to help anything, or is it going to make it any better? So sometimes he'll do something, then I'll still feel the need to say it, to be like, see, you did it. I told you you were going to do that. Um, and then I've realised, he's, oh, he's going to love this, that <laughs> I'm not always right, and that, um, or oh, I've realised that, um, Often when I'm doing that, it's it's actually about myself. I'm trying to tell him that because then I feel like I've got my sh- my shit together, or I'm telling him that because then I'm the boss of him. Then I'm I wear the pants, yeah. um, as opposed to like man, people make mistakes. Like I'm not his mum, and so it's a definitely an ongoing challenge because I yeah as a strong woman it's very hard to hold your feelings and thoughts in Uh, but I also need to understand that he's if I'm wanting this of him then I have to give him the space to do it like I can't be the one telling him to do everything and then be surprised when he's not taking initiative or he's not making the decisions himself and so like a lot of times us women need to step back and allow, like if we're wanting our men to grow and to, um, in society today, if we're asking them to have feelings, to be emotional, uh, emotionally um, open, to um, to be vulnerable, if we're wanting all these things, then we have to give them the space to do it. We can't be on waiting, waiting for them to fail and then, ha! <laughs> gotcha um we have to uh, respect that and because i know if it was the other way around to be honest if he was on my case about every little thing i was doing i would be out the door (laughs) i'd be (laughs) gone um, yeah. So men, men are patient in that space mm. But then we've got to allow them to grow And to be the, um, their best for us Which yeah. is very hard for a woman Because you want to control And you want to make sure everything is good
3: Yeah, and when it does come out yeah. When it does come out Because it still does, eh? Mm. When it does come out I also hear that you're saying We need to admit it
1: <laughs> Yes, which is the hardest part
3: <laughs> <laughs> But the re- there's a reward though, eh? Yeah. The reward is they feel so good about yes. it. Um.
0: I feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's peaceful.
3: Um, yeah. but it's, I don't know why it's
1: so hard to yeah. admit. Um, it's ego. It is. It is ego. Like women like to think we don't have egos, but we definitely we do. do. We uh, have it. We just hide it well. We are a bit smarter. We know how to. We know how to to shape <laughs> uh, the direction of a conversation Disactive. or a disagreement
0: <laughs> so that it falls
1: in our way. <laughs> But but definitely the ownership's massive, and I know that when I am able to let that guard down and to admit it, it's gone. Like, most men will just be like, okay, thank you, like, thank you for that, as opposed to just dig, 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 and then explode, which is what I used to do with him, and I knew where it was going, but I just was so, cared so much about being right, as opposed to having the uh, um having peace or having an understanding. I cared more about being right. Mm. Um, so, yeah, work in progress, but That's getting cool. there. Yeah. And
3: the fact you're learning this, because how old are you now?
1: Uh, 31,
3: 31. Oh, my gosh. The fact you're learning this now, Far, it's amazing, because some of us don't learn it until we're 40-something. <laughs> <laughs> then you end up wasting 10 years of just, you know, like knocking heads and trying to be I – like, I love how you're just open – You know that we've got to call it out. Some of our behaviors is we want to be controlling. Mm. We want to uh, wear the pants. We want to one up. We want to be right. And the fact that you call that out, you know, and say it how it is, hopefully will help us women to kind of go, "Hey, there's a bigger reward if we just Mm. call it out, (laughs) call ourselves out, Mm. pull that back earlier, and you really um, support our men in the way that's going to help them grow and thrive." Mm. Um, and do what they need to do to be all of those characteristics that you mentioned earlier. And
1: also for us to be a better woman, which is hard yeah. for us to admit. But
3: Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, we want to know that we're our own, but... Yeah. I guess there's a couple with one <laughs> look at these wow, guys wow, wow.
0: <laughs> you know what you just you just um sure you may have saved several marriages <laughs> um, you probably <laughs> have and, and, and a lot of men are like oh my gosh that's that's probably why my wife is doing this all my partners that do, does, saves the old nags on me and so yeah that's this that's good insights and also for our, our, our men our, our, even our woman out there it's like oh okay that's you know just in terms of um that's the harsh reality sometimes is that maybe I do want to be controlling mm. and so forth and so man that's that's a, um, incredible insights uh, yeah I appreciate that and so Andrew we got your bagels <laughs> we got your bag <laughs> we got your bagels oh,
2: oh man, man. Um. <laughs> that was insane that <laughs> <Yeah>. was we survived
3: i just give you that one you know <laughs> that's it
2: <laughs> no it's interesting you say that because it just really made me think and My wife might not be able to see them. um, It just made me think like sometimes, because I'm quite ambitious in terms of like, you know, I just want to move and like keep keep pressing forward. And she's real laid back. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I should give you the space to make decisions. But I get so impatient that I'm like, nah, I'll jump in. Like, I got us, I got us, I got us. Like, tag me in kind of thing. Um, But I realised after talking to her, like, as much as I want to push her to be what my in my mind is equal in terms of like let's both make mm. 50 50 decisions she actually doesn't like the pressure of making decisions so i think it's really important in terms of like having those conversations mm. with your partner and like knowing what's important to them mm. versus what's important to you because sometimes we're quick to assume that our version of even and equal mm. their mm. order why wouldn't they want it yeah. but you know if we don't talk to them we'll never know and mm. that's i just like that you know that corridor because that's something that i've Learned the hard way in mm. terms of understanding what, what actually what my wife mm. wants versus what I want for her—they're yeah. not the same thing. Mm. So, now nah, just cool that you're able to speak openly on that.
0: Yeah, it's a good self-reflection as well. Mm. I'm mm. it is so cool. Um, it is really is 100% um, sort of because um, you know, even just my wife saying this and just just saying, "Hey, I don't get it right all the time," which is quite empowering for us as men. Mm. Hey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> about time. About time. Wait, that's a little I have to
3: admit stuff I don't want to admit. Gosh. Oh gosh. So thank you so much. But in saying that, like as a strong woman, you know, an ambitious one, you know, who is moving to higher, um, you know, grounds of, um I guess, goals and vision, like you know, in, in terms. Let's just, you know, say what a strong woman wants in a man.
0: Oh. <laughs> let's just, let's just, thank you. It was just an of a word of prayer to that one.
3: No, because I think, um, you know, I think there's this perception. Mm. There's this perception that, you know, strong woman that you want to control and all that, but the reality is, mm. like, we actually don't. <laughs> I don't know. You might have a yeah. different
1: context on that. No, I agree. Um, one uh, strong man that... Um, uh, was strong in his values and in what he believes in I actually as much as I think I don't like it I like it when he stands for it regardless of if I agree or not I think that's important to to believe in who you are and what you what you genuinely feel in your heart is right uh, I like a man with a backbone um, that's willing to, because then you know that he'll protect you, and if push comes to shove, he'll look after you and your kids. Um, but also, that's uh, loving and present, um, because as much as you're a strong woman and you like to f- look hard on the outside for others, um, you want someone that's going to look after you. Um, you know, you, we're all sensitive or we're all emotional at some level. You need a safe space, um, so to have a woman, a uh, man that woman. Um, A man that respects you and is your safe space is really important um, and that will champion you. And as much as I, I talk about me and Andrew talking smack about each other, I've got his back. Like, if push comes to shove, I've got him and I know he's got me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll protect me. Like, if you, if you's, he said to me, you know, like, if it doesn't go well, I've got you. Like, just <laughs> let me know. I'll be on the page. <laughs> <laughs> that? But, but he was joking. But But in the sense of protecting and looking after, like, I know he's got me. And to have someone that's loyal to you and loves you and cares about you, and accepts that you've got not so good sides, um, but allows you to be that, um, is really important. And it goes both ways. Like, mm. we know our flaws and all good. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah, I yeah, love that. That's good. And How that's about what you? Do. What do you want in the next? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. <I laughs> like actually, what what? <laughs> you know, actually, I like what you just said. Um, you know, I'm very argumentative too. I like to stand my ground but if the dude is not moving actually that's attractive ass <laughs> you know that's like you're not moving you're not like I'm now yelling at you and you're still not moving to me that's attractive when a man can stand his ground mm-hmm. um, I, I I know and this is like a paradox I'm sure my husband's like whatever <laughs> them, they must nah. think we like it are <laughs> nah, I'm not, I'm not,
0: <laughs> <so laughs> you so that's a big brush your teeth brush your teeth no. nah have a shower, though.
3: No, no, that's important. You brush your teeth, have a shower. <laughs> no stinkies, bro. <laughs> so, but um, seriously, like to me, um, yeah, and the whole backbone thing, mm. having strong values, mm. and that's attractive as. Mm. Um, and it's not the, you know, the big puffy chest. Mm. That's not, I'm not really, because it almost feels like a facade. It's the inner, in it's, the, it's, the, in it's the, you know, God's created men to be, Leaders, mm-hmm. He's given them a mandate, which is why this podcast is mm-hmm. called Mandate. It's to give them back the mandate that they've been birthed to, mm-hmm. to, to, um, to be in this world, to lead and to provide and to protect and all of that stuff. And so those are the values that are important to me. And, um, you know, with all my <laughs> not really wanting to be told what to do, like I actually quite like when mm. they're not moving and I'm like... <laughs> 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 but hey, actually, that's pretty... That's pretty cool. Mm.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Do you think that's other strong women like have similar things? Like all strong women would have similar things that attract them about men.
3: I mean, all women. Mm. Hey.
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: When it comes down to it, I think I can't speak for all of, but I would. I think. Well, just from the woman I know, is that's probably a shared. um, Yeah. Thing. Some people. Like bad boys, but then I think that's probably some issues, like yeah. probably <laughs> something else. Whereas um, when it, at the root of it, you know, the, I I believe that's what women want. Yeah, these extreme yeah, eh? yeah, sorry. No, I agree with you hundred percent. And everything you were saying about that inner uh, to not waver, um, uh, no matter how hard things get, and to know that the man is um, is strong and who he is, um, and that. Uh, but to, fo- uh, to to follow a man that is the head of the house and the head of the family and to trust that um, he will, um, you know, he's the leader of the family, which is quite hard for me to say. Um. <laughs> he's going to
3: screenshot this.
1: <laughs>
2: You're here to hear, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the only yeah. reason I ask is because I imagine it's different for guys. I don't know. Like, what guys want
1: out of women? Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: like, I, I feel like it'd be... Completely different. Mm. Like, at least we're just not strong guys, maybe. But I imagine what Pete values in a woman might be different. Who knows? Maybe, maybe it's the yeah, same, but maybe. I've never actually spoken to mm. another guy about, like, what do you look for? What's what is
1: like, it? <laughs> I, would, I would love to know. Wow. Interview them soon. Oh,
0: you, you, you guys want to go there? <laughs> no, and, and for me personally, I think, uh, yeah, definitely a, a woman who's strong, uh, a strong personality, someone who's quite driven. But also very compassionate, very loving, uh, but also someone who's got my back. Mm. And she has to have my back. And has to believe in my vision or, or just the visions that I have and the dreams that I have. And and especially dream when 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 shit hits the fan, she's there with me 100%. She's got my back. Uh, who just go, go through the mud with me and really believe, really believe believe in me. But also one of the most important things for me is a woman who respects. And I think a lot of people have said this. A lot of men have said this. And that when your woman respects you and honors you, man, it, mm. it, it, it makes me feel like man, I'm I'm Superman. Mm. So that's that, that's that's that'll be my my core um, values for for uh, for, uh, for finding the right woman, or the right partner.
2: And so yeah, so yeah, that's that's what's yours, um, Jay. Different or similar? Kind of. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think for me, it's always been a good heart. Mm. Like. I don't care about literally anything else as long as their heart is, you know, whatever they do, they're genuine, they care, that's it. Like, I just I just want them to have, and I think that's partly because I've always viewed myself as not having a good heart, and it's like my own negative talk about myself. Like, her good heart balances my lack of having a heart, is how I've always thought of it. So to me, as long as she's got a good heart, um, and she can care and look and be compassionate and be willing to, you know, patience to have that patience to deal with my weaknesses. Then I think, yeah, That's nothing cool, else yeah. really matters other than that for me. Yeah, shut yeah. yeah. but yeah. I just hadn't considered that mm. men might have different perspectives. Mm. Yeah, in the same sense that women might have similar perspectives. Mm. Yeah, just really interesting. That's cool. That's
1: well, maybe cool. because we're both strong women, we have the Perhaps, same preference. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Be there, yeah, yeah, but you yeah. ladies so, are you ladies are,
0: are fortunate and blessed that um that jamin Brad Charles and myself and Andrew um took all those boxes.
3: <laughs> oh and he has to be good looking.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. And have
3: a six pack. <laughs> Oh, okay. I was kidding. He's oh like, you get a gosh. six pack first. But I was like,
0: sure, <laughs> oh. oh you guys are sad. You guys are sad. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, but Sulu, we'll get back to
3: I, Yeah, you, you talk about natural. Um, you said that you weren't a natural athlete. What does that mean? Like, is that um, like naturally athletic? Yeah, I'm so
1: very Gumby. Um, naturally, so like my first netball training, I think I was four or five. I ran straight into the goalpost, got a, a this dent on my nose. Like that's how I started netball. Um, growing up, like people would laugh at me. Like um, even now, like my kids and Andrew laugh at me because if there's something to trip over, I will trip over it. So in that sense, like I, I stumbled into sport. Um, uh, sport for me, growing up, I I loved it because it, because I struggled to fit in that was a space where people were forced to fit in or, like, forced to be with me because I got to be with other people, whereas maybe, like, I found it a bit hard in primary school to make friends, whereas in sport, you know... They got no choice, you know, and so I got to hang around with people, I got to try and fit in, and you got a common goal, so that's, I think, I probably got addicted to sport then, um, to um, being able to be around people and to have a shared direction and to feel like you fit in. Um, Later on I realised that that was not healthy and I um, understood the difference between fitting in and belonging. Um, So, massive difference, which I didn't realise till I was older. But still, Gumby to this day, like, even, like, honestly, the girls are always laughing at me in gym um, or at trainings because um, I probably have, like, 20 or 30 pairs of tights. I probably have one that doesn't have a hole in it. All my pairs of tights have holes in their knees, and that's just the amount of time I'm on the floor, everyone laughs about it, everyone um, asks if they want me to, uh, to donate um, uh, me some uh, some tights. Uh, people are just waiting for it. Um, and so they uh, ask if, if they want to sew my tights for me. Um, and so that's just the way it is. So I'm quite, I don't know how I managed to d- do this for so long. <laughs> um, I obviously just know good people. Um, and so, Um, I can see that in so many people though, so like people don't understand how close they are to an opportunity I've been able to continue um, with this career uh, because I had good people but also because I just was stubborn, I just didn't stop, I just kept uh, like I might have not got picked go again, I might have got dropped from a team, go again I just keep turning up and just opportunities or um, things just not fell into my lap but I I didn't let there be an alternative, um, so in that space, like I I honestly am one of the most unathletic athletes there ever was. That's for so long I could not call myself an athlete because I'm not athletic and I know it. Like at, look at my body, like I'm not your conventional uh, what people would think as an athlete, but. Uh, In that space as well, I want to encourage people that maybe look like me that you can do it. Um, You don't have to be a stick or you don't have to be cut up and um, and you can can just find your own strength or ways. You can be smart around how do you utilise what you've got. Um, And so I've been able to do that. I honestly don't know how for this long. Um, And so... I guess a lot of investment from other people, a um, lot of patience and just got to use your smarts when your body's not, not quite there. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, and so I love that um, uh, the message I'm hearing from you is just keep showing up, mm. keep picking yourself up, keep going. And so with that keep going, is, is it that you keep going because this was what you wanted to achieve or... Was the keep going, also because this is just where you belong. Like, there's a sense Mm. of belonging in this this space. And if you stopped, you would have lost both. Mm. Is that sort Mm. of what contributed to that? Yeah, and to be honest, like, I know
1: so many people that are, like, love netball. Like, it's their all in indoor it's everything to them because of the sport that's how passionate they are whereas I actually think I love netball because of that belonging and feeling like I got a space where uh, I do belong and I've uh, I'm valued Mm -hmm. and um, I probably didn't realize that till later whereas I don't I didn't have the same thoughts about netball that other girls did when they would talk about it and they just love the game like watch hours of it, this and that new every player whereas um I've come to realize I loved it because of that belonging factor and because of having a space where I can just be me and get accepted um and all that um and I see so many uh not just netball but uh a lot of our people who like have the talent like I see it so many times I've done coaching so many schools um have the talent and have the like capability, but they don't have um, like the capacity. They don't have time, money, resources, networks. And it just makes me sad to Mm -hmm. see that. Whereas, you know, like how can a Gumby person like me have made it? And I know it's because of the investment, the resources, the connections I had that have supported me to be my best. Whereas so many of our people have what it takes, but they don't have that other stuff. Mm. And so uh, moving forward, that's a uh, passion for me is really important to to nurture or to support those people that might not have the opportunities. Uh, I was talking with Peter, my friend Peter and Moore. it's really important for us in the netball space, I guess to begin with, hopefully with my sister later on in the rugby spaces, what can we do for our people, not just Pacific and Māori, but just people that are missing out, people that uh, uh, don't have all those things um, at their fingertips, what can we do to come to them to support or give them uh, um, skills or tools to help them realise, if it's sport, that they want to do it in. Um, but I, that's a massive space, I think, for that's really important for all of us athletes to to give of ourselves um, because there's so many kids that have it but just Mm. don't have the support.
3: Wow, Mm. wow, that's so insightful Um, because even for the – because there's probably a lot of uh, young people who may not – who might be naturally gifted and then those that are not naturally gifted, um, so even without the supports, just to Tell them to keep going. But it it kind of also puts an onus on the um, coaches, eh? Mm. To really think about how to create that sense of belonging when these young kids are coming in. Mm. Because it could be the only father, like parental figure or hope figure um, that that young person has. And even if they're not that naturally good at it, the fact that there's that sense of belonging in that team... You honestly just don't know <laughs> yeah. whether it's the gifted or the non gifted that's going to go that far. And mm. I just that's so insightful for, you know, coaches that are out there. Mm. That they're also contributing to some of societal's society's issues. Um, you know, when it comes to family, Fano um, poverty all of that that is they bring some hope in that space too
1: yeah and you see so many programs out there doing everything they can like in our communities to look after our people and um, but sports I guess another tool to navigate that space and so if we can use it in th- uh, that way that it's not just about competition win or lose it's a, what can this space do to help nurture or help um, support our kids in that space age and stage where they're struggling or uh, all the challenges are coming, you know, with puberty, uh, figuring out uh, their identity, uh, how can we use sport to uh, help them navigate
3: that journey? Yeah, mm. yeah. I really yeah. love your... It's um, so good. Eh? Yeah. Your lived experience uh, in this game has given you a totally different... And I've even just learned so much about netball because I always think netball and rugby is all about the player's holding the ball in the moment and then out, figuring out who then to pass the ball to. And you only think that that's how the game's played. But um, even the, the other role that you have when you're standing from the back, looking at the team in front, um, and then just figuring out like wh- who needs what to bring that cohesiveness uh, or that oneness into the team um, dynamic. Um, there's so many um, parts in the game that people don't know about. Mm. Um, that make up the high performance component. Mm. I think I think yeah. what you've shared tonight about netball is amazing, it's so amazing, oh, and you. just the different views around how to get a champion team to the champion levels. Yeah, thank you. that's cool. Very awesome. Sorry, so so
0: you, you talk about um, coaching and so forth. I know you mentioned early on that if uh, if I was a coach, if, if I coached, is coaching something in the in the scope of things in the in the future? Or is there something that you would uh, aspire to do uh, later on or is it something, oh, maybe, maybe, just maybe?
1: Maybe, because people talk about, oh, you know, a lot of players transition, but I don't want to be one of those players that aren't so good at coaching because I, I think it's definitely an art, it's a skill. Coaching is way harder than playing. Uh, there's so many more things you got to uh, factor in in terms of from um, uh uh, the bigger picture of understanding the higher level stuff, but also then on the ground. So I think coaching coaches have it hard. Um, so, But I guess the good side of it that I like is that you're able to um, support the growth of players and to realise their potential. That's something that um, draws me to it. Um, but probably uh, future-wise, my uh, passion would be in the governance side to... Uh, hopefully if that's the direction I'm able to go um, To be able to uh, have a seat at the table there To be part of the decision makers To be part of the people that create the framework, the systems um, That's uh, hopefully where I would like to go
0: Is that because of the for the betterment of the game for Pacifica? Or is it just in general you just want to be, be sitting at the table?
1: For the people that don't get a voice um, and I'm not, because I've been quite privileged as a Samoan or a Pacific person, I can't speak for the struggles that heaps of our people have um, been through, but I I do have compassion and understanding and I'm willing to, um, not just for them, but also there's like a lot of Māori, um, a lot of other cultures as well that are missed um, or people that um, don't have uh, the support or don't get... Um, get recognised. So I think it's important that there's a voice at the table that acknowledges that rather than just uh, the, I guess, the normalised or the uh, the people that it's made to serve the system. I think the system needs, a lot of systems need to be de- um, Decolonised. 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 But, uh, but uh, that's a whole different, <laughs> whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah, it
3: needs to be um, almost, we, we need to make them a bit more flexible and memorable, eh? Yeah. Which is decolonised. <laughs> Are
0: you, you going to <laughs> yeah, get in trouble?
3: Yeah, we're going to get in trouble. Might have right. to cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but in saying that, um you know, as times have moved we we need to really we, we do we need to keep up with the times, and I, I like that you have that focus is that why you've got into doing your master's in sociology as a way to have that wider view um because an organization isn't just a function on its own, it's a representative of the um, of society. Mm-hmm. And it quite often needs to be able to respond to societal movements and changes. So is that sort of what's driven that pathway and hopefully will lead you that way? Definitely have that passion and to
1: understand people and groups of people and why things are the way they are. Mm -hmm. Um, Also understanding that I don't have my together Um, and... Uh, I guess in my own journey figuring that out and understanding why that is the way that is. Um, so then to be able to navigate that space from a bigger picture uh, from a macro level in terms of how an organisation or an in, uh, institution or um, how that impacts the people within it um, just, oh, like very passionate about that yeah. uh, because a lot of people think they have freedom of choice or think that they're um, that they have, they can go either way, but it's actually, wow. um, you know, they they don't realise that it, they can only work within the framework they're given. Yeah. So if we can adjust that framework to work for all people, um, then that's definitely where my passion at. Like. powerful
3: what you've just said, um, and I hope people pick that up. Because of the world that we live in, a lot of people's choices are not there. They don't choose the pathway that they're on, I know when we've worked in the prisons with some of the um, men in there um, and you see them, you hear them and you go, far out, man, this dude is a genius. How the F are you in here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how, how did that happen? And you go, you know what? When they start to tell you their backstory and then you kind of go, yeah, mm. you didn't decide this path. No. And that was just part of your um, the society that you were in, the options you had weren't there. Mm. The choices you had weren't there, and a lot of our um, people aren't given that mm. opportunity. So mad respect to the fact that this is where you're going, but this is your um, this is your focato around that, eh? Mm. This is what's driving it, because mm. you totally acknowledge that people don't have the choice, they don't have the options. So how do we help give them that so that they can choose?
1: And I definitely can't claim that, because that's what's installed in us from our grandparents and parents. That's the vision they had coming here. It wasn't about them. They didn't want to work those factory jobs. They didn't want to uh, give up their dreams. They did it because they saw a bigger picture. They saw an opportunity to let their kids have um, more to for them to get an education, for them to aspire to greater things for um, not just their family, but our people. And so... Um, that's the vision they have, and it's important that if we're in a space, just like all of you are, um, that you are you are driving that for our people, and so um, I love it, not just for our people, I love seeing it when you see people... Um, uh, I guess being their best selves for not just their own families but advocating and pulling the rest along, like when you see what um Izzy did for his his culture and his people to mm. for them to see someone like him in that space, and um, when you see someone um like Val do it um they make it real, mm. and um not they don't do it just for them. I know it they do it for their people, they do it yeah. so it's a it's a real opportunity, uh uh so they see the representation and they know it's
0: possible for mm. them and their
3: kids. Yeah, and they present that as a choice for us. Mm. That's
0: cool. Love it. Well well said, my old lover. It has been it's just been an awesome conversation, eh? Hey? Mm. It's just yeah. been been yeah, rich. I tell you it that it is it's been really rich. I think a lot of the viewers and a lot of the uh, listeners are gonna really take um a lot out of this, a lot of great insights, Sulu. Um, and so, uh, you know, just thank you for me personally. Thank you so much for your insights. Thank you for um, coming to, to to the table at the table, and and sharing um, with us your, your your journey thus far. Um, but just one more thing, I want to ask you is, what what is, what is your endeavours in terms of, uh, obviously you're you're, the, uh, you're a former professional athlete, but in terms of the future and what do you envision, not only for yourself but for your your, your father and your Ainga, what is the greatest hope for you? I know this is it's cliche as it sounds, but what is the greatest hope for you as an individual, as a mother, and uh, as a Samoan woman?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, my greatest hope is that um, with the opportunities that I've been blessed with and the um, platform that I've been given, that I can utilise it to the best of the. Best way it can be, um, to um, to have good impact on as many people as possible, um, and that I can lead whatever space that is as far as I can, and prepare it ready for the next person to take take the lead and take um and take it further. Um, my passion, uh, like I said, is really important to help all people. Um, that that especially those that miss out on opportunities and miss out on. Um, the support uh, or love um, to to reach um, that space, but also understand that um, I uh, you don't need to do everything, you don't need to save the world, but just uh, contribute what you can and trust that everyone, it, there's so many good people, everyone's doing what they can, whether it's in the mental health space, sport, um uh, education, there's so many good people and community organisations that are doing it, but if I can just do my part in that space uh, to keep us moving forward
2: mm, I love her. I um, <clears throat> uh, Something I've noticed about and perhaps it's not applicable to you, um, but I know you went to St Cuth's um, and something <laughs> I've noticed about um, a mutual friend Ooh. of ours <laughs> is that um she also suffered from being like a people pleaser and having to wear a mask and something that i've noticed about her and she knows we've Mm -hmm. talked about this but like imposter syndrome was such a big thing um for her to overcome um so the first question i've got a few lined up but the first question was how do how did you overcome imposter syndrome is that something you still struggle with even now
1: Definitely, still struggle with it, Um, and I guess it changes depending on the context or the space you go into. I I wouldn't be surprised if I start to feel it now that I move into the high performance space. Um, I guess not just because I'm a novice. I um, I'll be very new to the space. There's so many um, people in there that are very experienced. They know what they're doing. I'm coming in green, and I look very different. There's not many people that look like me that are in that space. So I could imagine that I'm probably going to struggle in that sense. Um, And the biggest thing that I need to do is I've always uh, used a mask to cope with that. So I'm hoping that um, I'm in a space now that I won't have to put that on Um, and that I'm able to just be comfortable in who I am and that the environment's allows that, which I trust it will, um, from, I wouldn't be doing the job if I didn't think it would, um, but I, that's probably something I'm a, I'm aware of, that, um, that could happen, um, and so, or if I do put the mask on, uh, being able to acknowledge it, aware of it, and just, Take it off, which is, yeah. I, I, Andrea is a very close friend of mine, and I know she's definitely a people pleaser in the sense that she cares more about looking after people, other people than herself. Um, and I guess as well for us going to St. Cath's, because we look very different from the other girls, we didn't have the same background or something else uh, for, with our families. But, um, and so uh, we learnt, probably learned that to cope. Um, but then I, uh, as we've grown up and had our kids you start to realise and own your identity so hopefully I can do that uh, moving into this next space um, but that's going to be a work on
2: Cool, yeah. that's awesome yeah. and this next question is actually from Andrea yeah. she asked Having been through private school as a Pacifica student would you send your daughter to a school like St Cuth's?
1: Great question I've been thinking about this because Teresa's nine at the moment um. Uh, I definitely would, uh, in ter- in the sense that I wouldn't be against it, because of the privileges and the um, the teaching is is massive, and when you have teachers that have the capacity and probably the pay to allow them to have the energy for students, and when you have so many of the extracurricular activities and so many different things that I didn't think were possible, and I definitely took for granted when I was that age, um, I've just learned so many things about the world because of that, and also being at a private school, I guess because it's very different to at home, you learn more about people. I think it's how I understand people from different walks of life or different um, uh, uh, backgrounds um, and can understand, also have compassion for them as well. Um, Where I wouldn't do it is if my daughter doesn't want to. I'm not going to force her. I mean, she's made it very clear that she would like to go to Mags, which is up the road. Um, my mum never was never going to let us um, go to a, us girls go to a school with boys, um, probably because she knew that we'd get distracted. But um, uh, if if Teresa doesn't want to go, then I wouldn't. But I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like, but you just got to find the right space as well. Because my friend who also went to school with us. She said she won't send her daughter to um, St Cath's purely because she knows it won't be the right fit for her daughter, Um, because she knows what the environment's like, she knows that it's very um, high achievers, everyone's working towards, there's a certain um, uh, direction that everyone, mindset that everyone has at St Cath's, which is why so many people do well um, after school, but... Uh, She knows that that's not the right fit for her daughter. Um, And so I think that's important to be aware of. Um, These are weird conversations to have because sometimes I feel like I just left school. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Reality check. But um, I love my time at St. Cath's, like so much. And I only realized when I left how lucky we were. People used to mock us, like used to mock me and Andrew and say, oh. You go to St Cass, oh, you think you're too good, or, oh, you's, um like, and it's so weird that calling someone white is, like, an insult, or, um, or um, you know, we used to get asked, and we wouldn't say St Cass, we'd be like, oh, we'll just say eggs. But it's so strange that, um, and I don't know whether that's tall poppy or whether that's what you don't know, but it, it often came from our own people, um, and whether that was just because it was, um, it made us feel like we thought we were too good. We, that was never the case. But then you start making yourself small. You don't wanna you don't wanna act like you think you're all that, or you don't wanna be them um, to think that you don't fit in. And then you get caught between. Am I like? It's so weird that it's even called. Like, do you feel like? Islander enough or am I too White or am I too plastic um, Whereas I think we actually Got the best of both worlds um, But it, sh- it is Quite a hard space to to sit in Yeah,
2: Oh that's cool We still have discussions yeah. about that Cultural <laughs> identity yeah, and like yeah. walking That fine line mm-hmm. but no that's really interesting And you mentioned before you mentioned a couple of times About um, you know Potentially having to pick up the mask again um, And I just Wonder And I might be putting you on the spot, so it's all good if you don't have an answer to this question. But when you think about the life lessons from your family, in particular your papa, um, is there a life lesson or an experience that comes to mind that you can tell yourself to avoid having to put the mask on?
1: Papa, okay. Um, It's uh, it's so weird. He was always... um very quiet. So my my nana talks, talks, talks. Anyone that knows my nana, like she's at Polyfest every year. She's a big talker. Cry, talk, cry, talk. Uh, whereas my, na- my papa was very quiet, uh, very uh, faithful man. Church was everything. Um, but uh, always he made sure that, um, so every Sunday was tōnai at, at um, their house and every Sunday, it didn't matter what he had during the week, Um, and it's so weird, like he always, if he didn't have the money, or if they didn't have the money, he would go diving, he always provided every Sunday, made sure we were fed, and I know that's so small, and it's not, uh, I guess it's not a lesson as such, but that he always provided and always found a way, um, and But wasn't afraid to, he was very open about like if they didn't have money he'll go in, he'll find a way. So he'd go diving for us, he'd go and get uh, like uh, whatever it took to put food on the table. And um, that for me was really important in terms of understanding that, um, one, to be humble and uh, make do with what you have. Like, you know, you don't have to have elaborate flash things, you don't have to spend money you don't have. But also that you've got to find a way, and finding a way means you take action. You don't wait for someone to give you something. He would go and do it. He would get out and um, make sure that we were fed. And something so small like that, just having Sunday lunch every Sunday, and that he always made sure it was provided. Um, sometimes we're lucky; he got KFC. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, that, for me, was a massive life lesson in terms of, one, uh, being humble and um, being appreciative uh, appreciative and grat- grateful for what you have, uh, but also you find a way and you go out and do it. Um, and so um, that's not really a mask, but in terms of the way to live life um, is something that I learned from him.
2: Awesome. Cool. Mm. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
3: Awesome. Okay. I love, love her. Awesome. You're looking at me, is this all my <laughs> yeah, last does, question? Yeah, yeah. All? <laughs> well, I just wanted to, um, I guess just on my own final words, mm-hmm. is just want to acknowledge um, just your openness. Uh, I felt as if we got to see you tonight, uh, and I really appreciate that. I got to learn uh, quite a lot about um, how netball can be played, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's brilliant. I also got to learn um, how adaptable you are, and I think – Sometimes we talk about imposter syndrome and we talk about masks, and people can focus and almost demonize that. But there are certain places where we have to wear a certain hat, have a different persona um, to be able to relate to people. And I don't. And sometimes we can almost interpret that as maybe us being people pleasing, but actually we're just trying to be relatable. And um, you said that you're going into this job feeling green. I actually see this organization seeing you as gold coming into this organisation with all of this experience, um, all your life learnings, uh, the fact that you have been able to go from being a teenage mum to the success story that you are, and you're only 31. (laughs) That's huge. Oh, thanks for saying that. (laughs) That's huge achievements. Um, But, you know, the key to success is not always knowledge, it's not always skill set or natural talent, sometimes or most of the time it's being adaptable. And you have a lot of that being in these different places. Your competitive edge is all of your life experience and your view of the different worlds and how mum and them have placed you into a private school and how you've had to adapt there. Um, And I really hope that you see that as gold. Just gold, 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 gold. Mm. (laughs) And I hope that uh, moving forward that everything you touch is gold or continues to turn into gold and the lives that you touch, the organisations that you're going to impact – I really hope that you achieve all the stuff that you have on your heart because um, I can hear, and I, and it's funny, you mentioned the passing of the baton as you've told your story about your fano, your papa, all of that stuff. I just see you doing that. Like you're on the shoulder of giants, but you're also just passing the baton on. You're carrying it for now until the next person uh, carries it so um yeah just your awareness and uh what you appreciate and your gratitude around that is massive so thank you so much for um blessing us um blessing me and uh really beautiful to see such a strong wahine in the space or i'm <laughs> um, carrying that for us so bless you well, you see so much
1: well, thank you all for having me like for having this open space it's really important to have a space where people can just have real conversations, mm. not just talking rubbish and surface level to get deep, uh, it's really important and thank you for it's like therapy as well for me, when I get into the space and I know it's probably for all people that come here, when you're able to just, I guess just sit down and just be real uh, so thank you for allowing the space oh, Awesome, man, don't love
0: awesome. Man, don't love We do, we, we pride ourselves in making sure, ensuring that I'll our guests feel safe. You know, obviously, people think talk about a safe space, but we, in order for that to happen, is that our guests have to feel safe. And so, we hopefully, um, yeah, you know, it's just been an absolute pleasure, pleasure, um, just uh, just your insights. And also, I think everyone loves a good comeback story. You know, I think your your resurgence to get back into the civil ferns and just dominate and play amazing netball, but not only just netball, but um, life in general. And so, maro, lafa, sulu, it's been an absolute pleasure. And all the best for your endeavours, not only this year, but also in future endeavours. So all the blessings to you and your your father, your ainga. And then and to Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> all, the 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 <laughs> Andrew, the man.
2: No, that's cool. Um, yeah, I was trying to remember. There was this quote that I heard, and I was like, man, I cannot remember. And then it came in the final closing rounds. And it was that no success will make up for failure in the home. Um, and I just thought it was cool, your whole journey, but in particular, just the, what did you say? You said it was the awareness that comes with experience and maturity, and it's just really cool to see, hear about the journey, but to actually see and feel the awareness that comes from your words, like you're really open about the struggles of relationships, families, mm-hmm. success, all that sort of thing. So I just, yeah, that quote came to mind, and I just think it's, it's cool that you've been able to make your life work for you and your family, so... Appreciate the time. Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. but
0: Sulu, we do. Yeah, we always have a gift for our our guests that they come on, and uh, uh, we do have a gift for you. or oh. gifts? And so, on behalf of the mandate mm-hmm. team, we always do a car- caricature of our, our guests and how we envision them to be. And so, this is on behalf of the mandate team. This is for you, um, sis.
1: Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, I thought you were going to give me that kettlebell. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, cool. Who drew this? Hey! Oh my God. I'll show it. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that thank looks you. nice. Yeah,
0: thank you for your time, Sulu. Um, Thanks
1: for making my teeth straight.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> appreciate your time. And, um, uh, but Sulu, is, is there someone that you can think of that would be absolutely perfect to come on the podcast? someone that you can think that, would, oh, this person would be awesome.
3: Mm.
1: Um, I would definitely probably say Ruby Tui. Tui, yeah. Ruby Tui, or. It's um, <clears> tight <throat> because I'll probably just say Nipple People. Uh, <laughs> probably Peta Toyava, if you knew her whole story. Um, crazy. Peter Toyava.
3: Yeah. She used to train at 845, yes. right? Oh my goodness. And
1: Brown Pride, and yeah. But you see her story?
3: Come on, Petah,
1: jump yeah. on. The problem is she struggles to do any interviews, so I'm not, I don't know if that <laughs> Maybe she'll come if I s- sit over there next to Yeah. Be yeah. cool.
0: Okay.
3: Awesome. <laughs> nah, she, awesome. she was like, oh my gosh, what a yeah, hidden yeah, talent. Peter, yeah, mm. I you to about
0: Peter Toyava, yeah. But uh, awesome, thank you, thank you absolutely. But uh, yeah, we always give our guests the, the last words of encouragement for our men and our viewers Or anyone in general mm,
1: Okay, wow Okay um, uh, Know your strengths And be comfortable To live them And to be yourself
0: mm. I, know, I love it, thank Beautiful. you so low. Uh, please don't forget to like and comment and subscribe. We look forward to your well-throughout comments. And as usual team, refine. Unlock and take charge. Bandit.